This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. After a brutal showdown in Madrid during the week, City turned their attention back to the Premier League, where the Blues need just three more wins to seal a third straight Premier League title. It's Friday, May 12th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster. The best place to grab discounted ales at refreshingly low prices. Grab all of your favourite household names with a wide selection of beers and ales available to choose from and listeners to this show can grab an exclusive fiver off all orders with the discount code CityPod05. That's CityPod05 for an extra £5 off all Beer Monster orders. UK only, terms and conditions apply, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the show, chaps. Our resident Mancunian, John, is out sick today. He was supposed to be on the, the hosting duties. So I'm filling in as I continue to recover from a near-death experience with some chicken nuggets. Um, I'm glad to see you two are, are healthy, or at least I hope you are. Joe, how's things? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm good. Yeah, it's it's a tough week for the City Report uh, staff, you know, um, John. Walking wounded. Yeah, you've had your well-documented uh issues let's let's put it that way john with his broken thumb and strep and um fortunately i don't live near either of you so i think i'll be fine and <laughs> and i'm grooving into into the weekend with some warm weather so n- no complaints here nice yeah speaking of warm weather andrew out doing yard work it sounds like yeah it was a great uh you know 75 76 degree day here i don't know how to convert that to celsius but uh i was sweating and sh- you know shorts and a t-shirt which is a nice break after the long 
dark winters that we get here in the Midwest. So, yeah, we're about to have a couple of record uh, heat days here in Portland. I think we're it's going to be the first May since 1947 where there's three days with 90 degree temperatures, which for our our UK listeners, I believe, is mid 30s Celsius. Um, and so, you guys don't exactly have the uh, infrastructure that is designed to deal with temps of that no, nature. No, we're very much like England. We're built for rainy, damp, and somewhat cool. So any heat just absolutely murks us. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that. But we will switch our attention back to the football. And before we begin to look ahead to City's trip to Goodison Park this weekend. Just a reminder, if you've not yet listened to our coverage of City's 1-1 draw against Real Madrid on Tuesday night, go back after you listen to this episode. Listen to the previous two episodes in your feed for a variety of takes from that very, very tense game. On to Everton now, and I'll start with you, Joe. Is there a risk after that very tense game of a bit of a physical or mental hangover from what appeared to be a pretty exhausting night at the Bernabeu? I think there's a, a, a real risk of more physical than mental, um, just in the sense that we've talked about time and time again throughout the season that the squad size and you know, despite the media thinking City have 22 of the most elite players in the world, they they don't. Um, and are you sure? Pep, uh, I, I'm pretty positive. Um, and obviously, Pep, you know, didn't make any subs midweek against Madrid, but he exhausted 11 of his very best players. Um, obviously to our understanding, Nathan Ake is still unavailable at this time. So that's another player that's unavailable. So for me, it's just a physical thing, um, a stamina, you know, how do you put together a squad uh, that can get by against a team that's battling relegation that's at home? Um, I imagine the crowd will be up for it and you're trying to piece together 11 players with a champions league semifinal three days later. There's, there's a lot that, you know, obviously could go against city, um, but at the same time, with that said, I think that there's still enough big game, big moment players in this squad that even making four, five, even six substitutions, there should be enough quality in the squad that you know City can go to Goodison and, and take care of business. It's interesting you say that because it feels like Andrew that this game at at Everton it might have the same feel as the game in Madrid, and obviously there's maybe less technical ability on on the. On the, half, on the other half of the field, but the crowd on top of you, it's going to be physical. You know that that Everton are probably going to sit deep and, and look to hit you on the counter, and you may have to kind of probe and pick your chances to pick your moments to to carve out chances, and, and then they'll try and hit you on the break. Um, obviously, dip, different quality of opposition, but it feels like it could be just another attritional game where you just kind of have to get through it. I think I understand people who may feel that way. I do think we have seen in recent years the idea of Goodison as this fortress or place that you don't want to play is actually more applicable to uh, if you're an Everton player than if you are an opposition player. In fact, I was just listening to an interview uh, that was talking about how it's just a well-known fact that Everton players actually hate playing at Goodison because the Everton fans are just... Like the moment one thing goes wrong, the crowd just turns on their own players. So I think if City is struggling in the first half and has not created much, it definitely could be. But it's a place where if we score one goal, it's mostly just kind of going to be over. Interestingly enough, so prior to our 1-1 draw with Everton, 
this season, which was at the Eddie had, uh, the last non-win for City was a 1-1 draw at the Etihad uh, in August of 2017. I think Wayne Rooney scored in that game, didn't he? Or he, he played, uh, yeah, maybe? He did. He did. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but the uh, next 10 result or 10 matches after that were 10 wins for City by an aggregate score of 27-6. to six. I, So, I, I think if there you is believe some... in signs... We're going to win, you know, I'm just going to say uh, we're going to win 3-1 because that's what happened when we went away to Goodison after that 1-1 draw, 3-1 I, win to City. I think there is still some PTSD, at least I certainly still have some PTSD from Tom Davies scoring the fourth yes. in Pep's first season. For, that, for some reason, yeah. well, no matter all the wrongs that have been righted since then, I remember thinking that the Pep Guardiola signing was an utter disaster after that game. And that the ticky tack of football would never work in in, in England. And, and so fun and fact so about that game, it was on. It's on my birthday. I was literally sitting at the pub, watching us get tonked by Tom Fucking Davies <laughs> on my birthday, being like, "What has what has happened to our club?" Yeah, that's that's brutal. I mean, Joe, do you do you share that same sentiment as Andrew that? You know, if you kind of if you look back at the form books, there, there's no reason to worry. And and yes, maybe the the Goodison crowd can get a bit toxic, but obviously they had the big win at Brighton, who are one of the it's one of the toughest places to go in England now. Um, they put what five past them, and and the away end was really up for it. And um, you look back to last season, and and yes, it, it can get toxic there. But towards the end of the season, it felt like. It was it was the Goodison crowd that kind of got them over the line. Um, is there any fear of City kind of crumbling under that, or are they just too experienced and and they've dealt with it too many times before? Yeah, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea of looking at past runs of fixtures. Although it's funny, I was as Andrew was speaking, typing in the chat about City have won ten of their last eleven <laughs> against Everton. But with that said, a lot of those score lines, you know, there were a couple obviously three nothing, four nothing, five nothing games, but there was a lot of, you know, City winning by one, two goals that were tight, late goals. You know, at, at the end of the day, Everton can always cause a problem. This is probably the absolute worst time of the season to be playing Everton as they're fighting to, you know, save their not only season, but as a club, potentially mid to long-term future. I mean, if they go down, that's a whole nother conversation that is not, not good for, for Everton and their fans. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot in, and this isn't necessarily even on a, on city. It's just, there's a lot that Everton can, can present with their fans behind them. You know, if they can handle the initial, if city are on the front foot in the beginning and Ever, Everton can hold off for 15 minutes, the crowd's going to get into it. And all it takes is what we saw in the reverse fixture with Damari Gray. You only need one chance to stay in these games sometimes. Um, you know, it was 1-1 in December. City had, I think, you know, we were talking pre-recording, 16 shots to Everton's two, um, 74% possession. That doesn't matter if you can't keep scoring goals. So um, at the end of the day, it's still a Premier League side. There's usually enough individual quality to pull anything out at any point. Now, statistically and and over time it would say that city should win right but at this stage of the season anything's possible and you know city are going to have to be sharp for 90 minutes to to get out with three points i do think though the one thing that confuses me a little bit and i understand people looked at that bright and everton match and go oh no you know we needed bright to be able to beat arsenal and they're falling apart and then also uh everton are suddenly good 
in reality, Everton getting three points at Brighton, which they should not have expected at all. One, it totally changed the relegation fight generally, but particularly for Arsenal, or not Arsenal, sorry, Everton. Everton's three remaining fixtures, they play us at home, they play Wolves away, and they play Bournemouth at home on the final day. Looking at the table as it stands now, Everton have 32 points. If they get to 33, as long as Leicester don't get to the same points as them, they're probably safe because Leeds have a worse goal differential and are on 30, and Leicester's on 30. Uh, Leicester's schedule is they play Liverpool this Monday night, who are obviously fighting for Champions League survival to get there. They play Newcastle, who also will need points, and they play West Ham on the final day. I don't see maybe Leicester gets one point from those three. I don't think they get it. I think Everton kind of realizes they may have almost gotten there. And I don't think they're going to be like, we have to beat city or get the point here. So I just, I don't think this matches the trap that people necessarily think it is in terms of relegation fight mentality. We could mess up, but I don't think it will be Everton doing it. But at the same time, and I want to throw this over to you, Adam, does that almost make it a free hit for Everton where they have nothing to lose? And sometimes that's the scariest opposition to go against. Cause I agree with your overall points, Andrew. I do. But if you're Everton, you're thinking, well, let's just go for it because we have two quote unquote winnable matches after. Um, so does that potentially strike a little fear in you, Adam, or, or where do you th- think about that? Uh, I think to an extent, any team in the bottom half of the table playing city when city are in this vein of form is a free hit, no, no matter where they <laughs> yeah. are in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because I think I agree with Andrew that watching that Everton game last week um, at Brighton, I was actually relieved at the result. Maybe not the manner of the result. I think I would have maybe preferred if they scraped by with a 1-0 or a 2-1 instead of looking kind of so fluid and so energetic. Um, That's Sean Dyche football. Yeah, that's, yeah, the epitome <laughs> of Sean Dyche football, fluid and energetic. Um, but I think at this point, the fact that They've pulled themselves out of the relegation zone for now. And like like Andrew said, I think they probably only need a point or two more to stay up with just how bad the teams are down there and, and the way the fixtures shape up. So the fact that they're already out of the bottom three, maybe from a psychological standpoint, they don't feel quite as desperate. And the less desperate they are, the more they kind of revert to type, which is a bad football team. Um, so... I, I think to a point, I, I I do prefer the fact that they picked up a big three points and an unexpected three points last week. But I think all of this is kind of irrelevant because I think we're at that stage of the season with City where it doesn't matter the 11 on the field. The mentality of the team is just so strong in these title races. And since 2017-18, they've yet to have a single night in May or even really April to prove to us that they're they're going to slip and fall at this stage of the season. So I think it kind of makes all of this a mood point because we're we're focused so much on Everton when in reality it's it's City's game to win. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that's what I mean, those that quote from Trent about what it's like to face City in a title race if City are like within touching distance the title at Christmas that they're basically like Trent was like, Oh yeah, no, they're just cyborgs. who are going to hunt you down and kill you. And there's nothing you can do. And so you should just accept that you're going to lose. I think that's pretty true. And you never know what could happen. Right. But 
if there's a team that you should back to get points at this point in the season, even if they're exhausted, it's City. All right, that'll do for part one. We'll be back in a moment after a word from our sponsors to talk about Pep's potential rotation. The treble is in sight for City, and you can gear up for what could be a big few weeks of our wooing and man blueing by heading over to Beer Monster. Beer Monster is the place to find all of your favourite household names at refreshingly low prices, with the likes of Brewdog, Goose Island and Budvar available at the click of a finger. If you're feeling fruity, you could even try out one of the famous Beer Monster kegs, which allows you, the listener, to pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. All purchases over £35 come with free delivery, and if you're quick, you can also grab an extra £5 off with the discount code CityPod05. That's £5 off any order with the code CityPod05. UK only, terms and conditions apply, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the City Report Podcast, your home for daily Manchester City coverage. Joe, I'll start with you on this one. So looking ahead to Everton, I'm going to read you the the bench in Madrid. How many of these players are going to get the start at Goodison? Keeping in mind, none of them came off the bench in Madrid because obviously Pep made no subs. So this was the bench in Madrid. Rico Lewis, Cole Palmer, Phil Foden, Scott Carson, Riyad Mahrez, Sergio Gomez, Julian Alvarez, Stefan Ortega, Americ Laporte, Calvin Phillips. I'm going to say six. All right. Which six? <laughs> um, so I think Alvarez, Foden, Mares feel like a lock. Um, that's more than likely your front three potentially fill in midfield. Um, you think no Holland? I Correct. I think he, he's played, what is it, five 90s in a row? And City play um, the biggest match of the season three days later. I, yeah, no, I, I, whether, I get the feeling agrees, but I get the feeling he may be, you, you may disagree. Andrew may disagree. I get the feeling he may be viewed as undroppable right now for Pep. If, if anything is on the line. Uh, again, I, I'm just speaking from my perspective. It wouldn't surprise me if he started. I also, the reason I'm leaning towards him not starting is something about passing up on that penalty made me feel like he got his goal record and, and I may be way off it here, right? I may be way, way off it and probably doubting his mentality. To me, his head is focused on champions league and, you know, FA cups down the road, but the champions league right now. And there's a game three days later that's in the champions league. I I personally think that it's Alvarez up front. Um, Obviously if Holland starts that, actually probably give City a little bit more flexibility in the fact that you'd probably put Alvarez in Kev's role and you can switch up the midfield a little bit. But personally, um, of the six, I think Alvarez, Foden, and Mares are are in. I would say Holland's out. Um, I'm not sure how much people will agree with this, so bear, bear with me. But um, the other three would be Laporte and Lewis are, are two. I'm very confident in. Uh, <laughs> and the one that's making up six in my head is either Calvin Phillips or Sergio Gomez. And uh, that's just me playing numbers game to try to get some rotation. I don't feel great about either. Gone ahead, I'd probably say Gomez. But uh, 
don't feel spectacular about either of those options. So, Andrew, I'll come straight to you on this one because Joe is just blowing this episode just out of the water right now. <laughs> um, I'll come to you straight off the bat. Is Holland starting this game? I think he has to because I don't see how you can field a functional team that doesn't involve him being on the pitch for, and I think what you do is you start him, you get that two to three goal lead, and then you get the hell out of there and you pull everybody. Cause I literally was just like looking, trying to put together and like my team, the back four is Rico Lewis, Diash, Amrick Laporte and Sergio Gomez. I don't love it, but like you can't, you can't play Walker. Mm-mm. You can't play Stones. You can't play a Kanji. And then my midfield is Calvin Phillips, Bernardo Silva, and Phil Foden. <laughs> and then a front three of Riyad Mahrez, Holland Alvarez. I, I just feel like we've been saying this for a couple of weeks now that we come on this podcast every day and we say, this is the week that players like Gomez, Phillips, Lewis, they start featuring again because you need to rotate. And it just hasn't happened. I know, I know Rico Lewis played last time out, but I, I just so don't I, see I don't a think it's necessarily which... a load management issue. Like I like I get from a standpoint of like, yeah, they played like maybe they should have rotated and they played a lot of minutes. This is more of a I don't think they're gonna have enough gas in the tanks to go and beat Madrid at home if you play all of the guys that we kind of would expect and need to play um, on or if they play on Sunday that they they're ready to go for a you know a Champions League match just a couple days away. I do think the one question is maybe what you do is Gundo plays at the six and Gundo doesn't start against Madrid because we're gonna go more attacking. And then Gundo is the guy you bring on towards the end of the match to either control the match to get the goal you need or control the match to protect the lead in a certain way. Um, but like, I, I just, there's so many players that I just cannot imagine them having enough in the tank to play on against Madrid on Wednesday night. If we don't rest them here. I want to just pick up on, on another point you made earlier, which was about how city's plan should be to blitz Everton, get a comfortable lead and then maybe from there you can rest some players. It felt like that was the plan of attack for a few weeks in the league, and we were seeing Holland playing only maybe 65, 70 minutes and coming off with a hat trick, and De Bruyne playing you know, 75 minutes coming off with a goal and an assist. Does it feel like, Joe, there's been a conscious like flip in the mentality of the players, maybe post-Arsenal, that now that they've got their, their lead in the league... They don't need to go guns blazing from the start, whereas maybe when they were chasing Arsenal still, it felt like that was the plan. That would just absolutely blow teams out of the water really quickly, and then you can rest in possession, or you can rest by truly making four or five subs, three or four nil up you know, at, at the hour mark. Um, do you think that's just changed because the team has slowed down, the energy levels have dropped, or do you think there has been an actual message from Pep to control the game, slow things down, and grind things out to to conserve energy? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a fascinating question in the sense that 
you could argue both sides of it. For me personally, I think since that Leicester match in particular, where City were comfortably ahead, made wholesale changes, and it almost came back to bite them, I feel like things have actually changed more than the Arsenal match. Um, I I think overall, I'd probably argue the biggest piece is just it's just energy levels. Um, City can't afford to press heavily for 75, 80, 90 minutes. Um, ultimately, when they get their goal, they're not going into their shell by any means, but I don't think they're actively chasing goal number two, goal number three, like they were, you know, in, in February, March, April. Um, so for me, it's just about go into a match, feel out the first 15 minutes. At this point, is probably where it's changed a little bit. They're just trying to get settled into the game, see what the opposition's presenting them. And, and taking it from there. So we're not seeing goals necessarily five, 10 minutes in, but um, I don't think that city are totally sitting back either. So, and I think that'll probably hold true Sunday as well, regardless of what 11 pep puts out there. I think the first 15, maybe even 30 minutes are going to be a little bit slow. Um, maybe not the most attractive football to watch, but ultimately city can see the long game of 90 minutes that they can usually create enough chances to get the job done. It doesn't have to be a blitzed opportunity in the first five, 10 minutes. All right, before we get out of here, we'll, we'll kind of clear up the team selection chat here and I'll, I'll come to you, Andrew, and then I'll come to you after that, Joe, for you, Andrew, who are the players that absolutely cannot start against Everton? I don't need a full 11. Just who are the players that absolutely need to have their ass in a seat and feet up chilling out at Goodison park. KDB. Rodri, John Stones, Kyle Walker, Ederson. Ederson. So another start for Ortega. I, I don't get the goalkeepers don't need rest. What does he do? He doesn't need rest. We, we don't have enough hours on this podcast for me to fight you on that point, but okay. <laughs> the goalkeepers union is going to have a, a slip in the mail for me after this. Joe, who are the who are the start the the players that absolutely cannot start at Everton? Yeah, so I have five. Um, Walker, to me, you pick one of Walker or Kanji that that has to rest, just as your pacey um, defender that usually plays out wide. So I'm going to say Walker, Grealish, just on the basis that. Danny Carvajal almost paralyzed him, and he <laughs> put in a grueling 90 minutes. Um, Rodri, self-explanatory. Kevin De Bruyne and uh, John Stones for me. Yeah, I saw some nods from from Andrew there for Grealish. I, I'm with you guys. I think Grealish, Kevin De Bruyne, one of, like you said, a Kanji or a Walker. And then here's my issue with starting with with resting Holland or Rodri. I think their replacements change the setup of the team far too much. If there Fair. was like for like replacements, if you had another big center forward that can be physical with what's going to be a very physical Everton defense, I'm all for it. If you had another player that can set the tempo like Rodri, maybe Calvin Phillips can do that one day. He's not there yet. This isn't the game to throw him into. I just don't think there are the replacements for those players, and I don't. I think Pep probably agrees with me, and I think both of those players are going to start. Um, so, so I'm going to put something back on you on that point, then, because I agree, or, or I see where you're coming from on the Rodri Calvin Phillips piece. They're just at two totally different stages of their city career, and they are different players. While Holland and Alvarez are different players, and I'm speaking for myself, so I'm curious your thoughts after. I still trust Alvarez to get the job, whereas Calvin Phillips at this stage, I just don't. So 
are you saying that you don't think Alvarez is a good fit against this Everton side? Because I don't, I don't think that it's a drastic enough system change that I don't trust he can contribute to getting three points. Whereas for Phillips, it's a little bit different. I think this is a game where you have to play Holland and Alvarez together. I think it's a one-two punch that you need. I think Holland will preoccupy whether it's Gary Mina or Michael Keane or Ben Godfrey. And, you know, this is the the Holland-Ben Godfrey revenge game as well. We all remember <laughs> the antics of, of the game in December at the Etihad where he had the very famous crying emoji uh, <laughs> stuck to his face when, when Godfrey was complaining about Holland being overly physical. But, yeah, I, I think that, that Alvarez just... I, I, not that I don't trust him to get the job done. He, if he gets chances, I trust him to to take those chances. But I think Holland just gives you something that you need in a game like this. I get the feeling that Pep is going to run Holland into the ground. I think he's going to play if he needs to play him ninety minutes the remainder of the season. He will, unless the league is wrapped up by the final day and he sits out the final day or or what have you. I think he plays ninety minutes the rest of the season. Um, but. Andrew, any last words on on the team talk before we get out of here? The, I think I, you've got me convinced. I do think you start Alvarez and Holland together for that one-two punch. Looking at just the options, I do wonder if this is maybe a, a match where it is more of a 4-2-3-1, and you've got a front four, essentially, of Holland, Alvarez, Mares, and like Foden, and then it's, I think, maybe Gundogan, and then maybe you can go with Calvin Phillips at that point. If not, maybe you do Bernardo. Um, maybe it is Rodri. I mean, I would just prefer it not to be because the guy just, I, I don't know how on earth he's alive, but I, I think, you know, we have a squad that we can get across the line. It's just a question of, do you come out stronger and hope that you score enough goals? You can rest them on the back end, or do you give guys full rest and look at everyone else and say, it is up to you to win this match for them and get us across the line. Like you, you know, we're all in this together. They can't do it. It's your job. Um, and if there's anybody that can deliver that message and have it work, it's going to be Pep Guardiola. So I'm confident. Like I said, I'm going three, one to city. Uh, I don't think we keep clean sheet cause we don't do a lot of that. And also uh, we're playing my, my favorite uh, left footed player in the premier league in Dwight McNeil. So I think he's going to score a banger. Well, he's their top goal scorer, guys. He is what, what with about four, yeah. seven, seven. Three, oh, that's, uh, to be honest, two, that's that's a fair tally. Yeah, two of which, to be fair, did come in their last match. So, fair enough. Well, on that rallying uh, rallying cry from King Leonidas Detmer over there, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap up there. Um, please leave a leave a rating, leave a review, hit subscribe, hit follow wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, Enjoy the match this weekend. We will be back on Monday to review that. Until next time, see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football make sure you're geared up for man city's end of season running with mcdelivery great food delivered right to your door by using mcdelivery you won't miss a moment of city's crucial running and just like kevin de bruyne they deliver your order exactly where you want it order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app are you in at participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.